Hi, and welcome to the Unlocking Customer Service Podcast. I'm your host, Meg Richmond. I'm here every week talking with guests who can help you realize the full potential of your contact center and customer service team to keep growing your business. Oh, and you can do all of that while still prioritizing your people. In fact, that's the secret to it all. Let's chat with our next guest. Uh, so today we're sitting down with Megan Ty. Director of Contact Center and UC Solutions for Tolaris to talk about how getting your contact center right is critical to improving your customer and agent experience. Plus, Megan's sharing her thoughts on where contact centers are heading in the next few years and what pain points companies seek to solve for most. Uh, so Megan, can you give us a background uh, of your experience in the contact center space? Sure, yeah, thanks, Meg. Um, so my name is Megan Ty, and I've been doing this probably longer than I want to admit. Um, but more, you know, communications for probably at least the last 20 years, with maybe the last year more focused on customer experience, customer, um, you know, engagement, uh, essentially what we call, you know, contact center as a service. A lot of my background is also with unified communications, because they do tend to go hand in hand around customer engagement. So um, I come from uh, multiple different companies from the supplier side, I, I call them supplier side, meaning uh, vendors who are um, offering services. Uh, and then now, of course, being with Tolaris for the last three years, uh, my goal and my role is really to help uh, partners and their customers figure out what is the right solution. There's so many options out there right, when it comes to contact center and, and UCAS as well. But what is the right solution? What's a good fit for them? Uh, and just make a very unbiased uh, recommendation on what they should look at. Okay. So I guess since you've seen uh, the options, um, I guess, how do you how do you talk to uh, a C-suite? You know, how would somebody decide? How do they know where to start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they so they normally come to us um, because they, they either have some pain points and maybe going out of contract. Of course, COVID was a huge catalyst for, for a lot of this, right, where they a lot of these companies have um, on premise solutions and they realize there was just no flexibility there when everyone had to pick up and go home and work remote. So they were struggling with that and with everyone communicating from their cell phones, which you know isn't, isn't the best way to, to run a business. So I think um, by the time I'm in touch with the C-suite or you know the folks who are running the, the contact centers, these are the pain points that they, they bring to us. And so we, we talk, we go through the motions, we understand what their current environment is and figure out where the gaps are. And what are they trying to accomplish overall as a business? And how can we help them achieve those, uh, those objections, uh, objectives and goals? You know, and you want, you're here today, you want to improve, you want to get here, but you're not quite sure how, or maybe you don't know where you're supposed to be headed towards. And that's where we can come in as Tolaris and help them figure out where the gaps are. Okay. So how would a contact center impact customer experience for a company that seems like this the pain point is the you know the end user experience a lot of times how, how what's the impact there yeah i think what these these businesses are starting to realize and, and there's a poll um that i've seen out there with a number of what 81 percent where companies 81 percent of companies that were polled says you know what we are in such a competitive space it doesn't matter what vertical market they're in they're in such a competitive space that the only way that we can differentiate ourselves and and, and set ourselves apart is to have the best customer experience. So I think that's the impact that we're seeing today and with the technologies we have available for contact center and even the way we communicate, right? Think about you and I as just individual consumers, how do we communicate? Everyone ha has technology at their fingertips to where they can find answers in real time. They connect with someone in real time. It's all about that real time piece, right? And, and getting your issues resolved in real time. And I think with, with contact center, that's where it can make the most impact is 
it, it provides a lot of the tools right available to both the the, the business side as well as the customer side um, and and be able to get you the answers quickly to everything you need and make it a much better like you were saying about that, that whole customer experience just make it a, a frictionless experience so I think that's the impact that we're seeing and that's what we're hearing from from a lot of our customers is so we, you know we have certain issues we want to overcome and in addition you know, we want to be more efficient and we want to just provide our customers with better level of uh, service and experience mm -hmm. so i guess why would a uh, why would everyone in a uh, c-suite or board of directors why would they care you know since if they mm -hmm. if they don't know about it how can you convince them it needs fixed right and you, you bring up a great point because they should care you read a lot of them don't know and it's interesting because I um, I'm working with some customers and these are big customers, big global, globally renowned customers where they, they provide a service that puts a smile on everyone's face. Um, but they have a small contact center. And what's interesting is we're trying to find them the right solution. They they told me, they said, our executives don't know what we do. <laughs> they don't mm -hmm. really know what we do. And this is a small group that are our customer facing, right? They're the face of the company, the voice of the company. But they said their executives don't know what we do. They, they, we had to explain to them what SLAs that we have to adhere to, what metrics we follow. And I was kind of shocked by this, but I think that's the reality is a lot of these executives, they do need to care. They need to understand what that experience is on the outside because it's really up to them as they're running the company. Um, they they need to ensure that their company uh, is going to stay around for the long term to continuing offering services to their customers. They need to to be concerned about their reputation in the space. Um, and I think oftentimes they get caught up with just running the company, you know, just just high level or general running the company that they forget. Well, hold on, we need to stop and, and listen to what our customers are saying because we can always do better. You know, and and how do we continue to stay competitive and relevant? So that's the one thing I would say, because oftentimes, to be honest, Meg, when, when we're talking with these customers, we're talking to the folks that are running these these departments um, that have to adhere to certain service level agreements. But we're we don't get to the C-suite to until the end, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important for the the executives to to be aware of what what the customers are saying about them, about their their experience and need to understand that it's, it's critical that they improve upon that experience, right? Because really you can tie that one-to-one -one eventually, even though it does take a little bit of explanation, like to a company's end goals of mm -hmm. whether their goal is, you know, raise revenue, brand loyalty, yeah. um, these all tie back to the experience people are having with the product. Absolutely, you're right. I think at the executive level, they are always concerned about revenue. Um, and there was another poll where it said 84% of companies where when they started focusing on improving their customer experience, they saw the revenue increase because it makes sense, right? I think you and I in this industry, it just, it feels like, well, that's common sense, but it's not, it's not that obvious to a lot of these companies, especially the C-suite where they're, they're, they're all about, Hey, how can we create more sales and upsell and, and create more revenue? But they don't stop to think well hold on it really comes back from the foundation of are our customers happy are our employees happy mm -hmm. as well right because you have to have happy agents and employees in order to to have happy customers so it goes hand in hand but you're right i think there's a lot of education that needs to happen because again we're working with the folks who are on the front line every day and we need to help them all educate their executives on the importance of customer experience and how it like you said it ties into revenue and uh, employee retention and, you know, all of the things that, that keep a, a company in business. 
so it's kind of like you have to take the data that you get and draw those conclusions to everyone who can see that. Yeah, and so I love that you're, you're, this is a great segue. So the data, what I'm seeing oftentimes too is they might come and tell me, um, we're, we're not, we don't understand. We, we, we don't understand why our customer sat numbers are low. We have no visibility. So oftentimes they're in the blind. They have an idea. You know, I hear all the time we think that, you know, we, we hear that customers are saying they're on hold for too long. We're not quite sure why that is. You know, is it because we don't have enough agents? Are we not routing the customers properly? Do we not have enough front end self-service or automated services to help them? So they just have no visibility into the data. So that's a huge ask that I see all the time as I'm, I'm going through discovery calls and trying to figure out where the pain points are and where the gaps are. It's, you know, I'll ask them, what, what do you have for analytics or reporting? What do you see? Oh, we don't see anything. We have no idea. And it's surprising to me, but it's, it's reality. So that's the one thing I love about, you know, when you talk about contact center as a service is there's a lot more analytics and reporting around it that will give you that real time data to help you make decisions on the fly. And how can how can someone, uh, I guess maybe a you know a manager or a supervisor surface this kind of data in a meaningful way? Uh, is it? It seems like a lot of these conversations we talk about how agents, uh, when you enable the agents to share the data upwards too, it it helps. Right. So a lot of the the folks who are running uh, what I call you know the departments or the the contact centers, um, the departments that are just customer interacting, right? They what I hear from them is they would love to see, and again, it surprises me, and I, I shouldn't be surprised because I think I've been in this industry for so long. I know the capabilities um, that you can get from a really solid contact center solution, but oftentimes these, the folks who are running the, the contact centers, they'll say, well, I have no idea what my agents are doing. How do I know where to spend time with them, the quality, what they're saying to customers? How do I track all this? How do I rank them? How do I give them visibility to see one another's stats to create some, some healthy you know, internal competition? They just don't understand that the, the technology is out there and they're, they're surprised when I mentioned to them, you can do all this with some quality management tools, some speech analytics. Do you know that you can actually drill down to uh, the tone of the customer and their sentiment? You know, not just the words they're saying, but you can actually understand the tone of the word that they're saying and what they really mean. They're blown away by that, you know, and so um, these are tools that will help them improve customer satisfaction, you know, so they, they like it kind of goes back to me saying they have a glimpse or an idea that they're not doing what they need to do to, to satisfy their customers. They just don't know exactly what it is, what, mm -hmm. what's missing, where are they lacking? Um, and so the reporting tools, is just gives them have them lay eyes on not just what their customers are going through, but what their agents are experiencing. And then they can, um, you know, tweak in real time what needs to needs to be improved upon um, to make everyone happy. So I'm not quite sure if that was a, a, the, the correct answer or maybe the long answer to your question. But I just feel like yeah, they, they just don't know what they don't know. They don't know what exists out there. They, they know what they need. They just not sure if it's possible. Exactly. So, and like like you said too, the the tools are there, and either people don't know about them, or didn't know they even existed, or maybe aren't using them right. So I guess what kind of um, trends have you seen in the development of of these tools, or you know what changes, especially now that we're all remote and people think, oh, I don't know what they're doing. Oh, but wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the tools I think are are two part, um, and it's all about artificial intelligence. You know, we, we keep hearing AI, it's been a buzzword for years and years. And 
we've been using AI in, I think in the consumer space, right? With a, a Siri and Alexa for years. And then we started seeing it bleed into the business sector. So AI is one of the biggest trends. Um, along with AI would be self-services. And so what I'm hearing now is, okay, so give us some tools. So let's talk about that AI. How, how do we provide tools? There are tools that um, you can present to the agents or your employees, and there are tools that you can present to the customer side, right? I see it kind of both, right? Both sides. Um, so from the customer side, like me, if I were to interact with my brand, I would love something that's going to allow me to find answers on my own as opposed to talking to a live person. And I would love to only talk to a live person when it becomes more complex or I can't find the answers I need. So a lot of that self-services on the front end, whether it's an intelligent virtual um, assistant, an IVA, or it could be an IVR, interactive voice, or that, that's using natural language, right? So it feels like, it sounds like you're talking to a live person, but you're not, but you're getting the answers that you need, you know, that back and forth. Um, so as a customer, I would love to have those tools that will give me the answers quicker um, from the agents or employee side, the tools that I would love to have is, hold on now, once I start connecting with this customer, I need to see everything I, I need about this customer so I don't have to ask them again, why are you calling, what's your name, what's your account number, right? So I can get right into the issue and solve that issue on that first, on that first attempt. Um, so as an agent, I would love to have tools that can, um, first of all, provide me with all that information and I can personalize that transaction, right? So by the time I, I reach you, Meg, as a customer, I know your name, I know why you're calling, and I can get right into that, that conversation. It makes you as a customer feel better. And for me as an agent, it makes my job easier. And while at the same time, as I'm helping you with that, that issue, I want to be able to maybe link into certain, um, like a knowledge base from my side. So maybe things that are popping up based on the words that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, so I can have information pop up to help me. Oh, you know, Meg is asking about the latest promotion. Here's the latest promotion. Talk about these things. You know, or here's Meg's last trouble ticket that she opened. Ask her if, if you know, you see that it's open, ask her if that's why she's calling. And so it just gives a lot of, um, I think, real-time information to the agent to, to just equip them with better information to transact that whole interaction uh, seamlessly. You know, and be, and like I said, ultimately be able to get that customer issue resolved on that first try, that first call resolution, right, is what we call it. I am seeing a lot of requests for businesses are starting to pick up and I hear customers saying, I need more automation because my, um, my employees are getting bogged down by the same questions over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like for example, has my loan been approved? What's the current rate? You know, so a lot of mortgage companies um, ask these questions. So they want automation on the front end for their customers to call in and say, what's the latest rate today? Okay, great. Hey, I submitted my loan last week. What's the status of that? And be able to do a data dip and, and, and figure out the answers and then only escalate to the live agent when I need to have that, that deeper conversation. So I get that asked quite a bit. Uh, that's partly with the trends I'm seeing, the tools that I'm seeing, the demand and the asks um, from the customers that I, I'm starting to see quite a bit. And I guess what would you say to uh, to the C-suite who says, we, you know, we can't invest in that or we're hesitant to invest in these kind of, because AI sounds like scary, expensive technology and, you know, chatbots, we don't, if, again, they don't know they don't how they work or anything. Right. Uh, I guess, how do you how do you promote these kind of the growth and the trends while promoting the company goals at the same time? Right. You're right. Because it's always, that's always a concern. And I'm, I'm working with a a customer right now where we're trying to present it to, to the executive level as a second round and it's all going to be pricing and i'm saying well hold on we got to get you what 
what's going to meet your needs is from the contact center side, but you're right. Pricing does come into play. So I think what the executives may not understand is if you automate a lot of this, it actually may save you a lot of money because you think about the physical headcounts, right? To bring on an employee to train them, the time it takes to train them, plus you're paying a salary, plus you're paying for benefits. At the end of the day, you're going to see a cost savings if you automate a lot more of this. And we're not saying this to replace a headcount. We don't want that. Right? We don't want to put people out of business or out of work. Um, but what we want to do is we're paying good money for this headcount. Let's allocate their time to, to spending it on, on the more complex uh, tasks at hand and offload some of the other mundane tasks, right, to, to something that's more automated. So, um, gosh, I don't remember offhand what that the hard numbers are. But if, you know, depending on the area too, you might have to pay 50,000 a year for a headcount, right? For someone to come in, you have to train them and whatnot, and you hope that there's no turn because that's expensive as well. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to putting in, you know, like an IVA or a chat bot, right? For a fraction of that cost. So I think we just need to help them understand that um, and understanding what their return of investment is uh, on, on putting uh, putting in AI and a solution. You're right. AI is scary because people don't understand what that means. <laughs> so yeah. but we do have to help them understand it's automation. It's not going to replace your humans. It'll augment your humans. And, and by the way, it's going to be at a fraction of a cost as, a, as opposed to bringing in another full headcount. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to you have to do that comparison, a cost comparison. And that's a good point about about churn, too. We're we're talking a lot about that uh, because we're seeing now, especially with the shift of workforce, people where people are located within or can work at home, if they're unhappy with the the product they have to use to do their job or they're unhappy with the you know constraints on it, then they can find another job. So we need to make sure that the people doing these extremely uh, detailed and uh, very highly trained jobs are happy with how they do their job. Yeah, you're right. And I think what we hear a lot of is um, frustrations from the agents or the employees because it's so tedious. Like they can't quickly resolve their customers' issues because they have so many different applications they're opening. They don't know where to find the answers. So we can consolidate everything into a, a, a really robust contact center solution. We can make their life so much easier and their jobs easier. Um, and they can feel like it's, it's more rewarding, right? So ultimately, they're in that role because they're trying to help a customer. And if they feel like they can't help the customer because they can't help themselves, then it's frustrating and, and it's not rewarding. So we do hear that quite a bit. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up this work from home. What we were starting to see too is, and it's an interesting dynamic as businesses are picking up, I'm starting to hear customers say, well, hold on. I'm feeling like, like we can't, um, we can't hire the right people either because they're afraid to go back to the office. So now we have to figure out how can we support remote employees and make sure they're a good fit. We're starting to hear these challenges where the labor force is highly reduced and they're having a hard time finding people within their region. So to that, I say, well, you realize if you go to a cloud solution, like a contact center as a service, it doesn't matter where your agents are located. You can hire from, you know, say if you're in California where um, the market rate is, is pretty expensive, you can hire in Iowa or you know Alabama or something where the workforce is a, a lot um, more cost effective and you can find the right talent and you've got the tool sets now to set them up to be a remote home agent because that's one of the things that we're going to see I think that's going to continue to turn is this hybrid workforce environment a lot of customers now are saying well we're starting to send people back to the office but you know what we might keep a lot of them remote if we have the right solution 
that's going to enable them to do that and, and allow us to manage these uh, the remote, remote agents as well, right? Because we have to feel confident that they're doing what they, they need to do. And uh, so they have to be able to manage that and, and be able to train them as well from a remote perspective. So I think with this hybrid approach where we're starting to see more, more of the agents continuing to work remotely, um, more than ever now, they need to have a robust contact center solution that's going to give them that visibility and the capability to train these remote agents. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it so all an investment to- in it is not necessarily uh, a bad thing. An investment in it can help you have better better contact center service with less people. Yes, with less people, with more qualified people, because now you have the tool sets to, um, to gauge their performance and manage that piece as well. Because I think a lot of a lot of uh, executives say that like they're one of their biggest pain points about the contact center is the you know the cost and the churn and all that and so we're kind of solving for that by using the technologies. Yeah, it's funny, right? Again, just everything is just so um, intertwined. So you're saying, okay, so you've got churn issues. We can help with that. You know, why are you experiencing churn? It's probably because you're not providing the the right tool sets for your agents, and they're not happy. Um, and so it just, it's like a domino effect, right? Everything, th- or, or the butterfly effect, right? Everything kind of touches one another. And so you're right. I, a contact center as a service can, can solve for all of these issues. They didn't, they didn't realize that it was, it, it was intertwined and it is. Mm-hmm. And so we can solve for, um, for every single part, right? The customer side, the agent side, the tool sets, visibility, all of this stuff I think can lead to a better experience and reduce churn increase revenue, right? So everything that these executives want to accomplish, I think we can do with the right, mm-hmm. with the right tools. And so what are some other uh, pain points that you see when companies are trying to solve using their contact centers? We talked about, you know, agent churn, uh, customer frustrations with through, auto, you know, solving it through automations. What are some mm-hmm. other things that have worked? So it is, I mean, I think those are the two things that I keep thinking about. I, I keep going back to is how do we automate um, how do we use our employees better? How do we have visibility um, to make better decisions? So those really are the top pain points I see. As they start to go more remote, some of the pain points, or maybe not pain points, more of concerns I see as well would be, hold on, how do we continue to, to stay compliant and ensure that our agents are doing what they're supposed to be doing? Um, what about security? too, right? So our agents, when we sent them home, they immediately started using their cell phones because that's all we had. But how do we ensure? I mean, there there are certain things that should they shouldn't be saying over their cell phones. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we ensure for that? So I see a lot of concerns coming up around security and compliances, right? And that all comes into the, the whole, you know, how do I have visibility into what we're doing? How do we make sure that what we're doing is right um, by by us and by our customers? So I see a lot of that coming in as, as pain points as well as, as, you know, we're trying to help them solve for. Um, so compliance is always a huge, a huge issue. Um, another thing I see now, too, I think it, we talk more about, cause it, and, you know, it used to always be about features and pricing. And now we see, well, hold on. We have a, some applications we're already using. We're going to keep that application. How do you integrate into that with the new solution that you're bringing to the table? So we get a, we we have a lot of deep conversations about that. What are the platforms they're using? The applications? What does it mean to integrate into their existing applications? And then how do we do this so that perhaps we can bring it all together into you know what we call a single pane of glass? Right? They always say we have way too many applications mm-hmm. right now. How do 
Um, so if we're bringing on a new solution. I just don't want another application to have to worry about how can we try to put everything together as much as we can into one one interface for our agents. Mm -hmm. You know, for us from the IT side too, when they're managing the solution, you know, how do we make it easier um, to put everything into one location so we have fewer things to to manage and troubleshoot? So I hear that quite a bit as well. I think we're seeing a shift in that too, that a lot of uh, companies are understanding the management of these cloud-based contact centers is so much easier than what they're used to with an on-prem. Yeah, definitely. And so you'll, you'll oftentimes hear them saying, um, I don't, with this new solution, I don't need to be certified. I don't want, I don't have time or the resources to have certified people on hand just to manage a solution. So how can you help us with that? And you're right, the beauty of, of a contact center, a cloud-based solution for contact center is, Oh gosh, people, you don't even understand. If you're moving from on-prem to cloud, you're going to see a whole world of difference between the flexibility, making changes on the fly and, and having full control over that management portal mm -hmm. you didn't have before. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to understand how to do this and make changes. You don't have to wait for someone to come on site or uh, to do this for you. Because I've heard horror stories where it's like, we just wanted one change to a user and it takes us five days to wait. For this mm -hmm. to happen and we have to open up a ticket to get anything done and it's like oh my gosh you know i come from that cloud world um and i just i just don't understand why they're not already in the cloud because it, it's just so much more flexible and scalable and easy to manage mm -hmm. right so when we show that to them they're they're amazed and impressed and it's like wow yeah this this is the reality people you know you can do this now on the fly you don't have to pay someone to come out and do this for you and you can do this in real time yeah in real time do you think that's changed pretty recently with the shift uh, to work at home, the understanding that you can yeah. do that now? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that they can do this from their home office, right? The folks that, that have historically had to go into the office to touch a server, rely on a third party partner or vendor to come in and help them with this change. Um, yeah, it's definitely in the last year, we've seen a lot of them realize, you know, as we're educating our customers, mm -hmm that they realize this is amazing. I, I had no idea you could do this. You know, you've made my life so much easier. Yeah, for sure. That's been a, a big conversation over the last year is helping them understand how flexible it is. And do you think too, there's been a, a shift in the management style of this? Like when we're talking about, you know, remote administration, but also remote administration of people when you can, mm -hmm. you know, chat with them virtually from anywhere. Um, have you seen uh, any supervisors or managers comment on that being easier or harder? Well, what I've, I've noticed um, are the folks that have to typically administer the changes. Now they're saying, well, you know what? I would love if we could have some of my key folks who are running these departments, give them some access to making the changes. You know, I, and so, so they oftentimes I hear, can we assign different roles uh, for administrators to come in and do this? So, I mean, I don't want them to come in and break the entire system, but could they manage just their their department or maybe their branch could i give them more access and tools to help them just make simple changes right in the branch but um so i get that asked a lot is different tiers on different supervisory roles and administrative roles to give more power i guess right to to those folks who just need to make some minor tweaks or maybe for their branch maybe they've got a snow day and they want to make a quick change and they want to put that out to the masses and so communicating that piece as well. So yeah, I, I hear quite a bit of that. Um, I, you know, from time to time, I do, I do hear from the supervisors where they do want to give more visibility to their agents, 
right? But not necessarily control of changing the system from their agents, but just more visibility so that they can see more and, and understand, you know, who's all in queue. Because oftentimes they don't, they just get, you know, calls uh, transacted to them and they just don't know what the impact is. Are there, are there long hold times and all their other fellow agents are going through the same thing? You know, so they, they want more visibility there from, I guess, a holistic view. Um, but as far as being able to control like the changes of, of the actual system itself, I, they, they, they want more of that capability on the supervisor side, not just the IT administrator. Mm -hmm. And for, uh, for the managers too, who say it's, it's too hard to manage people in a million different locations. That's, you know, when you're administering it in the cloud, you're not managing people in a hundred different locations. Right. That's right. So it does give them more, I guess, power on controlling some of the departments that, that they're on the hook for, mm -hmm. right? Because oftentimes these managers, maybe, I mean, if you have a director or VP that's running all of the different locations, they, again, they've, they'll have the visibility, the reporting, the tools to help them see and gauge, you know, what each individual branches are doing. But from an individual, maybe a cost center or a branch manager um, or a, a supervisor of certain departments, you're right. They, they just want, they're only concerned about their own numbers and their own people that they're managing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it just gives you different tiers, different levels of, of that management capability, which is what customers are asking for. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we're winding down here, um, mm -hmm. I know we've talked about how it's all interconnected. So what is the most important piece of advice you have for executives when it comes to their contact centers? It sounds like if it's all connected, you could go anywhere with this. <laughs> yeah, I think they really need to they need to understand what what the customers are saying i feel like they're so um i don't know what the right term is but they they they're separated from that or they're protected i'm not i'm not sure what the term is but i feel like if everything's hunky dory for them they're not getting into the bits and bytes and understanding what are your customers really saying they need to understand the voice of their customer what are their customers saying about them so whether it's Maybe it is putting out a survey from time to time, you know, whether that's through a text message, an email, a voice, whatever that is, but understanding, are they really meeting the metrics that their contact center folks uh, have in place? Because remember in the beginning of the call, I said, I've got this huge customer. They, their executives just don't understand the metrics that are even being followed, which is amazing to me, but they really should really, they, they need to understand the metrics that are in place. And more importantly, the voice of the customer, what are their customers saying? Because I guarantee you, they might think everything's hunky-dory and they have no idea um, that in, in the industry, their customers are saying something else about them that, you know, as opposed to what their, their competition is doing. So I think if they can hear and understand all that, it'll really bring to light, wow, maybe we're not as great as we thought we were. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. You know, how do we rank within our industry against our competition? This is what our customers are saying about our competitors versus what they're saying about us. I think they really need to put, to have a finger on the pulse about that as a whole. You know, when we say contact center, I think the misperception is, are these telemarketers? But no, these execs need to understand, these are the folks who are engaging with your customers all day long. They're on the front line of dealing with these issues um, with their customers. And so they're, they're, they're the face of the business, right? And so you have to make sure that they're doing what they they should be doing to to ultimately improve and give the the, ulti, the best customer experience there is. 
Um, and to that point too, it could just be their internal customers. Maybe they have a global IT help desk that are helping just internal customers, but you're helping thousands and thousands of employees, right? So they need to understand those guys are doing what they're, they should be doing as well, because it's twofold. It's not just external customer facing, it could be internal customer facing experience as well. So I think the, the executives need to understand that. Because it all comes down to if, if your people are empowered to have the facts and the technology they need, then whoever their customer is, is going to see the benefit. And then in turn, you will see the benefit. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to say that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your expertise. It sounds like you have seen uh, this shift and weathered it well and uh, managed to keep on top of the data. Yeah, yeah, it's been good for us. You know, unfortunately, with COVID being so negative, but it's had such a positive impact on our industry. And we're, you know, we want our customers to know we can help you solve for these issues. And contact center as a service is the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, so, and yeah, we heartily agree. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on here. It's always fun to talk about what, what we're seeing in the space and what we predict, you know, and, and for the future. And so it's it's a it's a good place to be, I think. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, same here. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye, Meg. That's a wrap on today's episode of Unlocking Customer Service. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Google Play to get notifications when new episodes drop each week. Or head to sharpencx.com slash podcast to catch up on all the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review so we can reach more people like you.